welcome to the Wixpa Podcast, your home for free audio features, shows, and interviews, brought to you exclusively from the Warring Consolidated School of Performing Arts. Welcome back to our fourth podcast. Uh, today we're going to do an interview, one-on-one interview with John Gillespie, the artistic director here at the Warring Consolidated School of Performing Arts. And some of our listeners may know that John is retiring at the end of this year after having been here for quite a few years. Um, what year did you come, John? 1995. He's been here since 1995. So that's, uh, how many years is that? 26. 26 years. And you've been teaching for? 42. 42. So, uh, we want to take advantage of this, uh, before he goes, try to get a little history on the program, uh, Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts and how that came to be. Uh, previous to that, it was known as the TAPP program, the TAP program, as it's affectionately called for a while. So, why don't you just bring us back? When, 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 when did this start? When did the original program become something? The original program was developed by Rosalie Sharp with the help of Betty DeArmond. In 1990, at the behest of the superintendent, wanted an arts vocational program, and they conceived a program they titled the Theater Arts Performance Project, and it was to integrate theater studies with dance and performance and a little theater history, and it was a three-year program. started out with two years, and then they added a third year to the program, serviced about 40 students, and was housed at Warren High, which... Shortly after they started the program, the district surplused Warren High and combined its students with Mott High to become Warren Mott. And so the TAP program was the only program left in the old high school. When I came in 1995, it had been limiting along for a number of years. It lacked the support, I think, of time and resources to really get going. And in 1995, uh, the teacher that had been working in it decided to take a transfer to another job, and they had a vacancy. And Mrs. Sharp, who was the fine arts coordinator at the time, found my name on a list of people with drama background and gave me a call. So in August of 1995, Rosalie called me and asked if I'd be interested in coming in. The cool thing was I brought my portfolio, which at the time was the newly minted color printing on computers, which was pretty new, photographic color, and I brought in a colored resume with the pictures of shows I'd done, and I'd been in theater for since I was a kid, so I had an impressive resume and portfolio, and when I left the interview, before I got home, they were calling me to offer me the job. That's cool. So who was on staff when you arrived then? Who were you working? Were you by yourself or was it? There was one teacher that was part, it was part-time dance teacher named Kelly Melvin. And she stayed, she had been there the year before me and was still only part-time. And in April of my first year, she left to get a better full-time job in another district. And we were left without any dance teacher. So we had a full-time sub. And we sort of limped into the end of my first year and put out the word and interviewed numerous dance teachers and hired Paulette Brockington to join me in the fall of 96. And Paulette and I worked together for 14 years. 
So how was it when you got here? What was, what did you realize you wanted to do? What was kind of your game plan once you arrived? Um, like kind of long-term at that point, you obviously came in from another program. Maybe you can tell us a little right. bit. About that I, quick. in the late 1970s, when I graduated from Michigan State University, <clears throat> I took a job down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida to take over the Dillard School of Performing Arts, which was Broward County School's magnet program for performing arts. And it was a distressed program that had been through a lot of turmoil, and they were looking for someone to make a new director for it. I was incredibly young and learned a lot on that job, which I brought in the 10 years I was in South Florida. I brought that experience with me to Warren County when I came in the mid-90s. So when they said, we want to rebuild this program, I had a pretty good idea of where I wanted to take it. And where I wanted to take it was experience-based learning so that everything we taught in the classroom would be reinforced with actual production experience so that the productions became the instructional driver of the program. And the students at the time were really worried that the district might not support them and that the program would be terminated. And I took the point of view that if we did superior work, if we put our efforts into producing a quality product, that that would take care of us. And that's pretty much what came to pass. So tell us a little bit about the lay of the land when you got here. Obviously, you you weren't here at the very start of it, but you've been here for quite a while. So, like, how many people were in the program? What, how did classes operate? What was there the There were 45 facilities? students in the program. Okay. And we had level one, which, which is much the same as it is today, which was our freshman course, met in the morning for a two-hour block. And we started just before, maybe 20 minutes before the regular starter day, had our two-hour class, and the students would be picked up and bused back to the three high schools since we were on uh, outside site. And then in the afternoons, levels two and three, which were mostly sophomores and juniors, came for a two-hour block in the afternoon. So a very similar structure to what we see today in the program, but they were much smaller groups. And we, the original ambitious curriculum had just a rigorous production schedule to where each, the morning and the afternoon, we're each doing five or six productions a season, which would mean I'd be doing anywhere from eight to ten smaller scale shows. So it was a pretty exhausting production schedule. They didn't have much in the way of technical theater, and that's what I brought to the, to the game table was my tech background. In fact, when I when I joined the program, they had a couple of hand tools and an electric carving knife, and that was the entire tool supply for the whole program. And we slowly began to build up a technical program, which excited a lot of people. I got some some of the parents that sewed involved in making costumes, and we began to build up our costume program. And so we began to put a production program in place and to produce a quality-looking product product as well as a well-acted product. And what were the, where were you located? Where did you do shows? Uh, this is before the Performing Arts Center was made here, obviously. Right. At the time I joined the district, <coughs> excuse me, the only performing arts space in the building besides the cafetorium in the high schools and middle school was a an auditorium built on the campus of Old Warren High, and it was built in the mid-50s, and it was, it was, 
one of what we call a corner stage where it's backed into a corner of the room. And that was the reason the CAP program was at Warren High because it had an auditorium. So we used that auditorium and we used it through the, through 1998 to produce our shows there. When the city, when the school district sold the high school to the city of Warren and city of Warren later renovated it and it's now the Warren Community Center. Um, one of the things they decided was they would build a new performing arts center and that wherever they located the performing arts center, the TAP program would go with it. And it was decided that they would build it on the campus of Sterling Heights High School. And so the TAP program migrated in 1998 to Sterling Heights High School. But prior to that, everything was produced at the Warren, at Warren High. And how did the construction go as far as how did did you have a say in the theater at all or was that decided for you and you when they initially announced that they were going to build it me being me sought the opportunity to offer my opinion and was allowed to sit on the committee which designed and implemented the building and that was a almost a three-year process that we did it and one of the things we decided as a committee and as a district that we were committed to building one really good performing arts center so that we had a state-of-the-art stage and support spaces. And I was pretty integral in bringing to the table my background and finding outside sources to reinforce what I thought would make the most versatile, usable performing arts facility. So that was in... 2000, right? We opened in 2000. We opened in 2000. So between 95, that's when you said you got here, right? Right. And 2000. So five years. What would you say shifted the most or what do you, you know, where do you think it grew the program from that, the point you came into 2000 well, till you the, got here? The tech end of it definitely grew. It substantially. We went from um, barely any tech to a pretty major operation. We, we, because we were on the campus of an empty high school, there was lots of space for me to take. And so I slowly expanded into all these other spaces to create shop spaces. So the tech operation began to ramp up. And the more production opportunity we offered, the, the real talent of the students started to really shine. And that was part of what we were trying to do was give the students the opportunity to really excel, to do musicals, classical theater, contemporary plays. So they're getting a lot of opportunity. We got, and the other thing we, I did was reactivate its Thespian Troop. And we got Thespian Troop 1000 up and running again and became very active in Thespian, which helped reinforce what we were doing. So now we're at 2000-ish, right? Turn of the right. century here. You've moved to a new facility. Um, so what's the next step? You're in a new, new house. We new did home. our first year here on, after we opened, we opened the building in May of 2000 with a production of Peter Pan. And then the next year we did Little Shop of Horrors and ended the year with The Sound of Music. But it was decided because we were getting so much pressure in auditions to add more to the program that we would add a fourth year to the program. And then it was decided if we were adding a fourth year, we needed to add a third teacher. And so we hired this young whippersnapper, um, and 
he brought to the table technical skills I didn't have. And that was one of the things we were looking for. Someone that had the acting and directing chops to teach, but also brought to the table technical skills that would not mirror my own, but complement them. So that we could, we could continue to expand the technical operations. And that brings us to 2001. Mm-hmm. That's me you're talking about there. Right. So, uh, there's three of us on staff at this point, or on permanent staff. Right. And then, in your, in your insight, what, where, where were you there? So now we're working on technical theaters getting better. We brought some new skill sets of myself. The program's expanded to a fourth <laughs> year, right? Right. Um, so where do you see that it continues on that till what's the next shift you see in the Well, we did that, that team was together for 10 years. And we continued to grow not only the tech operation, but the quality of our performance operation really grew and began to develop in ways, you know, the great thing about working with kids is they develop in ways you never imagine and they, they always exceed your expectations. They, once you give them the opportunity, there are, their growth is incredible and we saw really good growth. And one of the things we tried to do was create a collegiate-like attitude towards the program and our structure so that the students weren't wedded to one director or one style of work, that they worked with multiple directors, just like they would in a university setting. So that all the productions didn't become my production through your production, they became department productions. And we tried to develop that mindset in the students. And I think that facilitated a lot of growth in the, in the program and in the student body. We got more and more involved in thespians over the next 10 years. We'd see myself take a turn as chapter director for the state of Michigan for five years. And then you, not very long after me, did eight years, wasn't it? Was it eight or nine? Yep, eight, eight, eight years director, as yeah. chapter director for the state of Michigan. So not only did the Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts impact Warren Consolidated students, but we ended up impacting the entire state. Now we're to, what would you say, the next year? 2010. 2010, and Paulette retired. Paulette retired, and we brought June Wygant on board, and she brought her own unique energy and her own unique take, and she contributed a lot to the program. And we very shortly afterwards added a fourth teacher, and we brought Reagan Riley, who was an instructor here on the campus of Sterling Heights High School who had dance background. And she was added to the staff for a couple of years. And like every staff member we've had, brings something to the table and brings something new to the mix. And Reagan was with us for a couple of years. And then it was decided we would add a new technical person. So we brought in a young technical teacher, Nick Osenberg, who's been with us now for seven years. And he brought more advanced lighting background and has studied scene design and scenic painting. So he's become a stronger and stronger voice in our technical operation. Then the next move was... Was we decided not to return, and we spent a year looking for a dance teacher. We brought in guest teachers. We brought in Joanne Kuzmanos in the 18-19 school year, and she brought years of experience with the Detroit Opera Opera House and Michigan Opera Theater. Um to the table for us and was a great addition for the for that year. It was a really good year. And then after a year of luck, we were able to find 
Corey Callahan, who brings professional background in her years as a Rockette to our dance program. So we have Corey added to the staff, and then we added a fifth teacher, um, Mark Charo, as our costume and theater teacher. So the program has grown. We also have um, Greg Baczynski, who is the technical director who runs the Performing Arts Center and handles all the other district events in the Performing Arts Center, as well as rentals in the building, and supports the Performing Arts Program in the scene shop. And so to get back then to, that brings us up to where we are now. So looking ahead, you're retiring. What do you hope to see? What, I mean, once uh, you're going to be an observer now, the program from a distance for the first time, what would chewing you, your nails. chewing your nails, what would you hope to see in the future as it goes, you know, continues to evolve? Or do you not have expectations? I, I have, I, I know it will evolve and that's the, that's the expectation that it will evolve. I certainly don't would be horrified if I came back 10 years from now and it was exactly as I left it because that would mean it was stagnating and it needs to change. All things need to change. I, you know, you and I have talked because we've worked together for over 20 years and um, I am fully aware of your specific skill set, which I think brings a lot to the table for the program, which will be exciting. Um, I think the program will grow in ways we can't even anticipate. So many things happen that change and influence theater. And just going through the pandemic, it has totally changed how we approach everything. Listening to the younger technicians and alumnus that come back that are college educated in theater and what they're bringing to this table in terms of technology and new technologies and new ways of approaching things are incredible. The amount of scholarship money our students get offered every year is mind-boggling. I don't think either of us ever dreamed those kind of dollar amounts would be offered. And the influence our students have all over the Midwest, in particular, all the colleges in the Midwest. Our students are well-known. If you say Troop 1000 or WICSBA or WCSBA or Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts, all the universities know what you're talking about. That's pretty cool. And I'm convinced that it'll continue to develop in that direction in ways I never imagined. I know when I left Dillard in 1987, and a lot of people at the time said, well, the program won't grow, won't grow it'll die, you were this, you were that. And it grew in incredible ways. And that program's 50 years old. Today. So I'm convinced the greatest thing I want to see is that it's still here 20 years from now. I, I, I'm hope for the day. I'm hope I'm around to listen to the podcast <laughs> where you're sitting in this chair and the, and the new young guy that's about to take over or young lady is talking to you and interviewing you. I just have a couple more questions though, even though that's a great ending spot. I'm just kind of curious as to what you're surprised about. You know, like I was saying earlier, I think you have a lot of vision. What, you know, looking back, what was something? Or what's something you didn't anticipate that you're like, wow, I can't believe that's where we are now. I never would have thought of that. Is there anything like that? Not so much anything like that. All the, and you lived through a lot of years of it too. The years we were building the Performing Arts Center and all the people saying, well, you know, they're never going to finish that building. Well, they'll stop that project. You know, the many times we were told that's not going to happen. We're going to cut that. 
Or the many times the students have come to us in tears going, all our teachers have told us the whole program's cut. And that always surprised me. And you know as well as I did, a lot of my planning every year used to be, how do I make sure I can protect the program from budgetary cuts? And we haven't had to do that in a long time, which is cool. And I am surprised and pleased and proud as punch that there is the kind of support for the program that there is in the district. You know, when the superintendent comes and talks to us and we know we have the superintendent support and the board support, and we can proudly talk to other teachers all over the state about the level of support we get. And that's amazed me. We've gone from Warren Kahn will never do this to, I can remember being told my first year that Warren Kahn would never build a performing arts center. And I can remember standing in the performing arts center and being told, you know, they will never build anything else. And four years later, they were expanding the scene shop and being told, you know, you will get no more space and the space they've given us and the support from Sterling's administration. We've had a series of just great principles. And, you know, the, the cool part of handing it off right now is, you know, that history. You've lived two decades of that history. You have a sense of what is valuable and must be cherished and what must be allowed free to grow or die. And that's cool. And that's as it should be. And what do you, this will be our final question, probably. What is your, what, what are you proudest of that you, you're the mark that you've left? What would you say? Are you going to leave and say, I did that? It's tempting, you know. Um, <clears throat> I had a great moment with my mother. <clears throat> before she passed away and we were here and she was looking at it and I said, isn't this cool? And I know in large part, not totally because of me, but in large part, this all got built because of me and that feels cool. But the coolest thing, <clears throat> sorry. No, go ahead. By the way, this is a, a coffee talk. Yeah, coffee G talk. Such as coffee. <laughs> Wouldn't be G without coffee. Wouldn't be G without a coffee talk. I will tell you the thing that's pleased me the most in both at Dillard and here is the odd letter or Facebook post now that you have gotten over the years. And it isn't always from people that went out and I've had some former students have been great things in theater. It's just from that, the odd student that writes you and says, you made a difference in my life. You made, you were what made high school worthwhile. The idea that you changed a kid's life for the better is the surprising part, the wonderful part, the part I hope for. My sister, who is also an educator, once told me when she was here looking after a show and looking at everything, and she once said, this looks like the school you wanted when you were a kid. And that's all I wanted to make, was a place that I wanted to play in when I was a kid. And I think we've done it. And it's a big we. It's certainly not me. My smartest talent was to surround myself with more talented people than me. And we made, I think, an incredible playground. It's been a fun ride, G. We appreciate all you brought to the program, and uh, the legacy will live on. So that will bring this coffee talk to a close. Thanks for coming by, and hopefully you'll listen in the future. Thanks for tuning in. Please follow, like, and share us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And pick out your favorite seats for our next show at wcspa.net.